0: This week on Moms Moving On.
1: And then one day I looked at my kids, I'm like, what I what am I teaching them by staying? It's, it is worse. If I stay, I am teaching these boys, and I have two boys, that this behavior is okay. That you lie, that you're dishonest, that you don't help provide for your family. They're never gonna be the person that all of a sudden pays all the money and goes to work and is providing for the kids and putting them first. So you have to stop expecting them to be somebody that they're not.
0: Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. I'm so excited for today because it's we're kind of fusing like a real mama story with a divorce professional that I've connected with on social media. And she's just become, I don't know, one of those accounts that I look at and I feel like so connected to, even though we don't really know each other per se. Well, now we know each other. But anyway, Jill Galette is here with us today. She's a life coach, registered dietitian, and soon to be therapist as she is currently working on completing her master's in mental health counseling. She started her private practice in nutrition five years ago and saw firsthand the struggles of women going through divorce and how it was impacting their health. It was through this work and her own personal experience with divorce and disordered eating, which led her to start her coaching business, helping women transition through divorce in the healthiest, happiest way possible. She's also a single mom of two amazing little boys who she's raising out in Long Island, right?
1: I'm in Westchester, right outside oh, you're New you're in Westchester, Chester, right Westchester. outside New
0: York City. Um, you may already follow her. She's Jill.galutta on Instagram, but either way, she's here now and you're going to fall in love with her. Jill, thank you so much <laughs> for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me and like you're leading the way in this industry and so it's an honor to
1: be here on your podcast today.
0: That's really nice for you to say, but I feel like, you know, we're kind of all in this together and I just appreciate your content because I think what you help women struggle with is something I personally struggle with, so it it just really resonates with me. But let's hear more about you and like what tell us about your divorce experience and what made you realize that this was such a need for women.
1: I feel like for me, when I was going through my divorce there, I was so alone. And I know so many women feel isolated and don't have, they don't know where to turn. They don't have a support system. You're dealing with lawyers. You could go to therapy, but sometimes that's not affordable. And I find a lot of the clients that I work with going to a therapist doesn't resonate because they don't understand the divorce process and they're great at what they do. But women really connect with other women that go through divorce Mm -hmm. because they know it. They know the personal experiences. They know the ins and outs of it. And my divorce experience was so challenging. I have a very challenging ex and the real reason I was very passionate about it, one, my health was completely impacted when I went through my divorce. And two, I stayed stuck so much longer than I needed to be. I I have been separated almost seven years. I would say it took me a good three years to be like, wake up, Jill. This is not the life that you want. Mm-hmm. And I don't want women to stay stuck as long as I do. I always say, I've said in a lot of my posts, like I did divorce all wrong. So I want to help you do it right. And, and you know, really-
0: I've been saying that for five years, girlfriend, and I'm still learning
1: same still learning but it was like this oh my god I don't want anyone any woman to go through this the way that I did because it is a journey it's one of the most challenging things you'll ever go through but there's a better way to go through it and I think the healing process doesn't need to take as long as it took me and so to Mm -hmm. help anybody move through that better than I did in a a quicker than I did to really start living your life because there is such a beautiful life as you know after divorce divorce is not the end of your life and so to help and support women to get to this place where they can be living such a beautiful life. as a big passion of mine.
0: So what do you think was like the big handicap for you?
1: I played victim, poor me. Poor me, I can't believe this is my life. I can't believe i I love that life. you're
0: owning up to this, that's important. Oh
1: yeah, no, it's uh, totally, I was victim. And so poor me, I can't believe this is my life. Everything is a challenge, everything's hard for me woe is me. I can't believe this is my life. And I, you know, I've gone through the shit of it with my ex and like, I'm still going through the same exact things today, but it's just the way I handle it. That's where I put my energy. It's how I protect my space, which I wasn't doing. It was just like, everything was poor me. Look at what's happening to me. And that kept me stuck in this very negative space for so long.
0: So you were on the receiving end of this divorce, I imagine.
1: I chose to leave. Oh, okay. But I was, I probably never should have fucking married this guy. He was,
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people listening are like, "Uh mm uh-huh, tell me more.
1: Oh yeah. I saw the red flags and here's the thing is like, he was good to me in his capacity, but he, this is somebody that never should have been a husband or a father, but he always like, he'll charm the pants off anybody. And so he masks all these other things. So there's red flags along the way. Long story short, we still got married and he was lying to me all the time, Mm -hmm. lying to my face constantly, pathological liar and specifically around money. And I gave him, and I, my father's an accountant. I worked on Wall Street before I went back to school. I'm like budget plan, save the whole nine. And here I have somebody that's just lying through his teeth, money gone. How so almost in floor closure. And I tried everything under the sun. Like we were in therapy together and in therapy, which he would like lie to the therapist, which was like a whole nother issue. He was like, well, she's too on top of me and she's not letting me do this on my own. And she's like, cause I'd be like, did you, Pay the bills, did you? And I said, okay, let me try backing off, and you being the man and taking right. care of it. And then
0: the lights get shut off. Right.
1: Biggest fucking mistake ever. House is going to go into foreclosure, and then it was just—I remember doing that. My parents are still married. I don't want to do this to my kids. I don't want them shuffled between two homes. I—I—I I, I had a part of the process where I was like, I'll just coexist. I'll stay in this house. I'll coexist with him. I don't want to be in a relationship with them. And then one day I looked at my kids. I'm like, what I what am I teaching them by staying? Mm-hmm. It is it is worse. If I stay, I am teaching these boys and I have two boys that this behavior is okay. That you don't, that you lie, that you're dishonest, that you don't help provide provide for your family. He wiped me out of, and that was where the victim mode came in too. It's so like the financial piece I get. He wiped me out of everything. I had my savings gone, my credit ruined. And I was like, I finally was like, it just came to, I can't stay with him. Even if I wanted to, even if I still had this hope that he'll change, I can't,
0: I can't. Right, right. It would kill you. Mm-hmm. So now you get to co-parent with him. How's that going? <laughs> Listen, well, you could, you is could imagine. still, are you a 50-50 co-parent?
1: Yeah, so legally 50-50. The kids are with me most of the time though. He's the act as if, right? right? So he plays the part, great, you know, like uh, everyone thinks he's the greatest dad under the sun, but I'm fighting with him the other day because he's trying to get out of paying childcare.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He doesn't pay any money right now, no money. So
0: let's let's pretend you were the client, right? That you were working with. Cause I deal with this all the time, every day. and And this is obviously what you're doing too. How do you help a woman through this? What do you tell her to do? So she's not- acting out and playing the victim and fighting back in a way that is going to affect the children?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I always tell them is like, be very realistic about who you're dealing with. They're never going to be the partner that you want them to be, right? They're never going to be the person that all of a sudden pays all the money and goes to work and is providing for the kids and putting them first. So you have to stop expecting them to be something, somebody that they're not, Mm -hmm. they're not going to do these things. And I mm-hmm. tell them, you know, really protect your energy and have when you can have realistic expectations of who you're dealing with, you're not gonna get as fired up about it or angry about it anymore because that's where we get angry, right? You I expect you to act this way, then you constantly don't, and now I'm angry. And you should be like this. You should be a father that cares, you should be a father that goes to work and pays for your kids. They're never gonna be that. So stop expecting that out of them. So I help them really be realistic about who they're dealing with. And then really- Well, also
0: I think it comes down to the fact that like, if you guys were gonna do things the same way, or if you were gonna be happy with how your ex did things, you'd probably still be together, right? Like, it's as simple as that. And that's a really eye-opening moment for a lot of women that I work with. Like, oh yeah, you know, like common sense isn't so common. And just because it's common to you, does not mean it's going to be common to the person that you like could mm-hmm. not find common ground with.
1: Exactly, yeah, if you exactly you wouldn't be in this position if you were dealing with somebody that like felt and and operated the same way as you did and had the same priorities. and I think it is a very eye-opening part when they can be like, oh, right, I see that, I get that. And it relieves so much emotion to be able to get to this place like, well, I knew you were going to do that okay. Like, and it just gives you so much more peace. And so I work on with them on that. And I also work on like, stop putting your energy out and turn inward and focus on you. And there's like a lot of internal work that I do with my clients. Cause I think when you're in a really good, healthy, strong place, their stuff is like, I talk about it like armor just pings off you. like hundred
0: percent. Yeah, totally. I mean, you can't, it's like it's like that saying, you can't shame me if I'm not ashamed. You can't make me miserable if I'm not miserable, like if I don't choose to be that way. But there are many people, like you said of yourself, that almost feel better in this state of like constant chaos and like he made it this way. So I'm just gonna be fucking pissed all the time. And then mm-hmm. they take a look at their kids one day and they're like, Oh, I really messed this up, didn't I? It's here. Oh my God. I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me, through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts. And my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? Have you seen the effects of your exes, whatever, on your boys? Yeah. How, have you, how have you handled that?
1: I just try to pour into that because I can only control what I can do, right? And I can't Mm -hmm. wish and want him to do better for them. So I just make sure I'm showing up in the best way possible for them and being the best mom possible for them. And that takes me working on myself. I'm always working on myself. I'm in therapy. I do my own coaching with different coaches. I journal, I meditate, I make sure I'm exercising. I think it's really important that I stay focused on keeping myself in a really healthy place to support them because they're not getting the, same support and stability that they do with him. I'm also very committed to, I don't need to tell you who your father is. I'm not going to be that person. Very good. And he will reveal himself and that will be a very sad day for them, but I am not going to be the person that does that because I don't want that coming from me or impacting how my kids feel about me. He will Mm -hmm. show his true colors. And when he does, I'll be there to support the boys
0: um, and that's the best mindset you can have, Jill, truly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, it's hard, but I, I always put them first. I always think about them first and their health and well-being is the is most important to me and I just continue to stay focused on me, make sure I'm in a good healthy place and give them all the love and support and security.
0: That I know, know that that, children only need one reasonable parent to thrive. I love
1: when you write about that. Like that is so amazing. I love when you write about that, and I think that's such an important message.
0: I and you know I don't think we hear it enough, right? Like one of my very best friends, who is an esteemed psychologist. Also a single mom. She texted me last night. She's like, I feel like a fucking failure. Like, mm. you know, I snapped at my kids today. I I just I, I was at the end of my rope. And we, I'm like, let's take a step back for a second, right? Like your kids came home today from their prestigious day camp that they go to. You had snacks ready for them. You got them in the bath and put them in front of a movie, right? To like chill out. You did all of the things that they needed. Okay, so you lost your temper, but Are you the other parent who is constantly lying, constantly inconsistent with coming to pick up on time, forgetting the kids' birthdays, not getting them what they need on the weekends that, you know, like, are you that? No, you had a human moment. You are the one reasonable parent in this unreasonable situation. And that is enough. And I don't think moms get enough of that in this divorce process because we put so much on our shoulders. Like we're like okay, all right, we have to be perfect. And we don't want our kids to feel any negative effects. So like, let's never have a human moment. And that's not what it's about. Oh my God. And that's what we're humans. And I think we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves, even if we're like,
1: cause there's, there's great co-parenting relationships out there. That's, this is not the only situation, but I think when you're in a situation where the other co-parent is falling short and really falling short, you feel this sense of pressure to really be the secure, stable, strong parent. And anytime you step out of but that, you But you feel like,
0: the pressure not realizing that you already are that.
1: I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. It really is. And I think that's an important reminder that we're human and that we're going to lose our shit sometimes. Like being a parent, period, is hard. Single, it's divorced, hard. married. Being a parent is, is really, really hard. And one thing I struggled with, and I think this might be important for single moms to know, is like I struggled with- differentiating between normal like age appropriate stuff behaviors and like is this because we're divorced and the guilt of that everybody like yeah, oh my god same. are they doing this because they are divorced yeah. or is like your kid's five. He's throwing like a temper tantrum. He's just five.
0: Every potty accident my daughter had when we were like potty training her, which came after our separation. I'm like, she's literally never going to be potty trained because I got divorced. Like that was my, (laughs) I think, I think we all feel that way. I'm so glad you're bringing it up. We have to normalize that. And not every, you know, I'm like, Oh my God, she's going to have emotional issues. Like because she didn't like to share her toys. Like when she was three. (laughs) Well, no, she's an only child and an only child of divorce, so she's spoiled as shit. Of course, she's not going to want to share her toys. Like, we always see scary. it, and she's <laughs> yeah. and we always see it worse than it is. I love that you're bringing that up. So, talk to me about the nutrition piece because I could tell you my method of coping when I got separated was to starve myself. Mm. That's always been my method of control. And I have a long history of disordered eating. So I wanna hear how you help women through this.
1: Well, I'm so happy to hear the word you use, control, because that's really what most eating disorders are about, especially when it's a restrictive one. Mm -hmm. Everything in your life feels chaotic and out of control. Now here's the one thing I can control. And so in my practice, uh, in my nutrition practice, I work a lot with eating disorders and disordered eating and what I found overlapping and I've personally experienced was like a lot of restriction coming through, really heavy disordered eating behaviors coming through when struggling through divorce. Divorce is chaotic, everything Mm -hmm. feels out of control. Here's my life that I thought was gonna look this way for the long term, and now it's, I don't even know what's gonna happen, I have no idea. And that feels very out of control for a lot of women and so you start to see that in their behaviors around food i think there's a lot of body image stuff that comes up too and like your worth and like maybe i wasn't pretty enough i don't look yeah. good enough i don't you know I wasn't attractive enough and so when we're dealing with a lot of internal stuff we start to focus external well if i was skinnier if I looked better. I hate
0: it.
1: If I Yeah. If this would be
0: better. I hate it. And I'm such a, I fell victim to that. If I was going to be a victim to anything, it was that, but because that was just a part of my mindset my entire life. And I knew like I had to change that so it wouldn't rub off on Bella, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard when you're, you know, and I wrote about this in my book, like, am I still fuckable? Is anybody still going to want to, you know, I've got this like mom pooch now that will not go away for the life of me, no matter how much I work out. And like, what does that mean when somebody sees me naked again? And all of those things are so scary. So yeah, I mean, I feel like, of course, we're going to turn to the mindset of like, got to look good. Yeah, of course. And a lot of women go
1: through that. And I love that you brought that up, like the next person who's going to want to be with me if I look like this. And so there's so much that comes into play there mentally, emotionally, and physically when we talk about going through divorce and our, and our health. One thing I really focus on is helping women understand that like nutrition is energy and fuel and what you're going through right now requires a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not nourishing yourself, bottom line, like managing this emotional stuff is going to be really really challenging so helping them understand like their health and fueling and feeding themselves and nourishing themselves is going to be really integral in getting through the emotion of the divorce process then we'll work through like their own self-worth and value and how that is and detaching that from how they look Mm because that becomes really important because when that's so entangled it's hard to change habits and behaviors if your worth is so tied to how you look to then start to tell somebody to start eating again when they don't feel worthy, if they look a certain way or gain some weight is really hard. So I start to do some work to like distangle that their self-worth from their appearance.
0: Yeah. Every time I tell Bella how pretty she looks, I'm like, don't say it, don't say it. But like somebody has to say it, but like, you know, it's so hard. It's It's so so hard to live in this day and age and, and have these issues, but I'm so glad that women have you to lean on to help them through. So what would you say has been the biggest lesson you've learned personally in your divorce process?
1: right off the bat, I want to say like people don't change. So letting go of this expectation that this person's going to be different is really important. The, the, he should be acting this way. Kept me so angry for so long. Yeah, Yeah. If him expect expecting him to be different than who he is, like, here's a person that lied around money all the time. Like, why would I expect him to be do the right thing and financially provide for his kids?
0: Right. Just because a parenting plan said so. All right.
1: Oh, no. Yeah, I know. We have this great agreement in place that I'm the only one on the hook for it. It doesn't doesn't apply to him. So really, and also turn inward, do the work on yourself. Get the support that you need. Hire somebody. Go. if, If you can't afford that, find a support group. You really this is not a process to go through alone. And I was alone in it for far too long. And I stayed stuck because I didn't have the right sort of support to help me through it. And I think when you have the right support, you can see that. You can see women that have been through it that's come out the other side and are happy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to see that example, to know your life's not over, to see that you can create and you have the ability to create the best life possible.
0: It is such a beautiful new beginning if you allow it to be just that. 100%. Well, Jill, thank you so much for this conversation and being so open and honest with us. Where can everybody find you if they want to work with you or just follow you? I highly suggest following her. I don't say that about everybody, but follow Jill. (laughs)
1: Oh, that means so much to me. I'm on Instagram at gel.galada, G-U-L-O-T-T-A.
0: Okay, I will link everything. And uh, yeah, to everybody listening, thank you for being here. I know you enjoy these stories from Real Mamas and we've got more coming down the line for you. So make sure to hit that subscribe button and we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists, and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com, and click on Become a Member to join our community now.